If you've got a few minutes to spare, it's time to get stuck into the rap. For the last week of October, this is The Wrap, Australia's fastest technology podcast, now with much fewer Halloween jokes. In fact, we've never really had any, but we can talk scarily about the internet situation in Australia because this week, the news has kind of been about the scary joke the National Broadband Network has become. This has been a bit of an ongoing thing, and while we have quite a few in the tech community who have been fully aware of this, a Four Corners program on the ABC brought this to light once more, as the NBN is not only taking its time, but not working for quite a few Australians. To give you a bit of history, around 10 years ago, the NBN started going into planning. It was a national issue, part of what people were voting for when they were choosing between the two parties at a federal election. And when Labor won, it was decided Australia would get a fibre-to-the-premises connection to every home. That's a direct direct fibre link to every home and that's what started to roll out. However, politics can change everything, and so when Labor was knocked out of government and replaced with a Liberal-led coalition, the plan changed to a fibre-to-the-node concept, a plan that cut out the fibre directly to your home and instead sent you to a node in the street, making the old copper phone lines do the rest of the work. Since then, the NBN rollout has been marred with problems. The node could be too far away and not giving people the connections they expect. Some neighbourhoods have a mixture of fibre and node, making people angry. There's also the addition of cable technologies that NBN is relying on, as well as satellite, depending on where you are, essentially creating what is a bit of a national bungled broadband network, a a mess of technologies that hardly offers every Australian the same connection. And while this commentary does little to add to the solution, here's where it gets interesting. With the rollout of 5G well on the way, the NBN is reportedly under threat. Back when the NBN was being rolled out, you could almost guarantee someone saying, just use mobile access, it's faster. Seriously, we heard that all the time. And that would be fair, except you kind of always want a proper fibre backend, something that really delivers the speed, especially when it comes to rural communities, which Australia not only has quite a few of, but that mobile broadband doesn't always penetrate because of distances and tower needs and so on and so on. Remember that Australia is roughly geographically the size of the US, but almost all of our population are on the sides. Anyone in the middle is kind of left out. And back then, the NBN rollout was geared at rural communities, and it always should have been. It's ideal for telehealth and the Internet of Things, and basically just connecting people to the things they need to be connected to. But now with 4G data costs falling and 5G networks beginning to be built, the NBN finds itself in an interesting position, conceivably under threat from a system that could offer better speeds and a more ubiquitous connection type, provided you can get access. A report from Deloitte was released this week suggesting all the ways 5G will help, and it's not just about speed, but about everything that can be connected being connected, like your smart lights or the smart car or your smart appliances or anything else in your life with the word smart tacked onto the front because it has a connection to the internet. 5G will conceivably get us there, and it will do so wirelessly with new connection mechanisms, and while it shouldn't kill the national broadband network or any solid wired connection for our homes, there's a chance now that our national solution could end up beaten by a way for homes to connect using these 4G and 5G options. We'll have to wait and see, but we'll have to anyway, because with the NBN being late across the board and costs blowing out, people without the NBN will have to wait to receive it, and they don't get much of a choice. Even if you did receive the NBN and it's not working really well, you kind of have to fork out thousands of dollars to fix it to be something better, if anything at all. 
Hey, at least you won't have to wait too long for the next iPhone, though, with the iPhone X going into pre-order status this weekend. We don't talk much about pre-orders, it seems kind of too sales and marketing for us, but the iPhone X is important, and not just because it's Apple's most future-friendly device in ages. In fact, we wouldn't be shocked if the iPhone X had eaten into the iPhone 8 sales, because while the iPhone 8 Plus is one hell of a phone, with a great camera and great battery life, the iPhone 8 feels like it needs that camera and that battery life, which it just doesn't have. It's still a good phone, but it's hard not to get that feeling that Apple wants iPhone 8 buyers to take on the newer option, kind of like what Samsung did in the Galaxy S7. In 2016, when Samsung released the Galaxy S7, it made a flat version and a curved edge version, and that curved version reportedly sold better. That might explain why this year's S8 and S8 Plus were both curved edge phones with long screens, so we could be seeing Apple kind of make the same decision. In any case, pre-orders for the iPhone X will go into effect from tonight, that's Friday, October 27th for all you time-traveling listeners, with the orders beginning to be shipped from next Friday, November the 3rd. Now, speaking of telcos, Vodafone this week relaunched an app that can help people while you sleep, essentially turning you, yes you, into a cancer researcher. It's a cute little use of what the world has seen many times over in distributed computing, a technology that sends your device small chunks of data to decode with the idle time it has and all that processing power, and then sending it back. For Vodafone and the Garvin Institute, the DreamLab app sends out information that it's trying to decode and translate about cancer. And while you can't see it work and you won't see any information about the actual hardcore technical things it's trying to do, DreamLab is using the time your phone is charging while you're asleep to do its job, stopping when the phone comes off the charge. And the project for DreamLab has been running for over a year, but with the latest push, both the Garvin Institute and the Vodafone Foundation hope that the inclusion of a cancer researcher title on people's LinkedIn profiles will help them want to keep it up, continuing to share their distributed computing power and help its scientists break cancer well and truly open. And speaking of breaking something well and truly open, let's break open a review on something a little different for the wrap. You know, we've been doing this whole reviewing thing for a good decade now, not at Picker, that's only been a website for a little over a year, but before it, we did lots of reviews, phone reviews for other companies, laptop reviews, camera reviews, headphone reviews, we really like headphones, and there are a whole bunch of those reviews coming up. But we're also one of the few folks that does coffee machine reviews, and why? We're geeks, you know the answer to that, caffeine fuels us. That should be pretty self-explanatory, I'm kind of wired right now. Anyway, within the next few weeks, however, a new coffee machine is coming to Australia, as Nespresso shifts its encapsulated coffee system, more fondly known as coffee pods, to something a little different. For the past few years, Nespresso has been churning out its espresso machines, and with the help of Ambassador George Clooney, who is not on the show, it's kind of clinched the whole coffee pod thing, competing against some strong work from Audi's system as well. However, Nespresso's Virtuo system is a little different. The pod is bigger and there's only one button on the Virtuo Plus we received because it works a little bit differently. Now, instead of buying just the blend of coffee you want for the Nespresso regular system, the original system as it's going to be called, you're also buying the size of how much you want to drink. We're not talking solely espresso or lungo sizes, the long sizes that you can get. No, the Virtuo system is talking a larger mug size, so 230 mils is a mug, or an Alto, which is a taller thermos style, giving you 414 mils. In fact, if you drop a bit of milk in the cup before the machine starts, say 5 or 10 mil, the coffee will blend nicely without you needing one of Nespresso's magnetic Aerochino milk frothing things. And that's really the point of this system, easily milk-based or long mug coffees with fairly good crema and all through one button. 
There is a catch, but it's one that might not bother you, and it's really going to be dependent on the style of coffee machine owner that you are. If you like buying coffee pods from other coffee makers, like at Coles or Woolies or your regular supermarket, this is not the machine for you, because while other coffee makers eventually cracked the capsule code from previous Nespresso machines, the Virtuo works a little differently. Under the lip of each of these new pods, which are also shaped differently, is a barcode. That barcode is scanned by a little laser in the Virtuo system and determines how much water and pressure the pod will receive, guaranteeing the log mug as opposed to the short espresso. And you can always stop it earlier by touching that button, but the barcode essentially tells the machine what to do, puncturing the pod, running the water through while it spins the pod, and then pouring the coffee through the front to your cup. The barcode therefore serves two purposes for Nespresso, providing a specific way for the machine to make your coffee, but also locking out companies from making their own pods. Well, for now anyway, we have to wonder how long until Nespresso's Virtuo lineup has been cracked. And for all of you with the original Nespresso pods, have no fear, they will still be around as well. They'll just be called Original. There's a full write-up complete with a video at the picker.com.au website, and we gave the Nespresso Virtuo Plus a good review thanks in part to a fairly economical price of $299. And now we're wired, which is great because we have so much to talk about and no more time to talk about it in, which is great and super and fantastic. For now, you've been listening to The Wrap, the official podcast of picker.com.au and Australia's fastest technology podcast. We'll be back this time next week with more news and a review and likely a little less caffeination because one day it's going to kill us. Until then, take care and have a great week. Picker.